so this is January and it's our first podcast of the year um, and um, I'm in Stockholm, Bart is in London um, and I I have this feeling that we're a little bit rusty, we're still sort of starting up the year. I don't know if that is true for you as well, Bart, but I'm still kind of in a, okay, what this is all about phase. How are you this morning? I sent you a message early this morning because I, I felt, you know, the... Uh, excitement for our podcast and you uh you happily replied yes they're completely unplanned right yes uh, half past six my morning got a message good morning shall we do a podcast and i happen to have space until nine o'clock my time so i said yes and nobody's awake yet here so it's quiet so yeah here we are um my january has started it's a very different january from normal uh obviously still because of uh, pandemic um i think when we were talking last week a little bit about what 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 are some of our um, future ideas for what we should talk about on this podcast uh, one idea came up that i thought was very interesting and i i've got a feeling that this will be quite a lot about you and you talking and less so about me somehow uh, because this is something very close to your heart. And I don't think you quite know what we're talking about yet. Uh, and it is, um, well, no, let me start differently. So Pia, if you go in your screen time, which is like in the settings of your phone, on my phone and now. you look at what's the app you use most on your phone, uh, and I'll do the same. Where Where is the screen time? So you I go into settings. It. Yeah. And then there's somewhere oh, I used yeah, I found yeah, screen time. And then it should say, see all activity. You go in there mm -hmm. and then put it on week. What's your most used app? Uh, well, at the moment it's showing today only, I think. Yeah, so you need to go to week. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> What is yours? Mine is WhatsApp. Uh, um, in fact, like WhatsApp is very high because I use WhatsApp for coaching calls and I've been doing lots of coaching in the last week or so. So that's quite normal. Um, mine calendar is fifth in my list. Right. Uh, so I think we're a bit weird, to be honest. I think okay. people listening to the podcast, maybe you should just stop the recording and do the same thing. Check your screen time and see Stop the stop. Pause it for a minute, and then see where you are in terms of what's the most used app for you. There, um, there could be email uh, is often quite high for people, or some of one of one or two of the social media uh, apps. And the other one could be news. Um, anyway, for Pia, it's calendar, and I think we should talk a little bit about that. Why do you think that is so high for you, Pia? Because I spend a lot of time in my calendar. The question is, why do I do that? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, there are two things. I mean, one thing is probably the good reason, which is the deliberate lifestyle I have requires quite a lot of, of planning so that, so, so that I can do what I, what I want to do. So that, that's obviously one thing. So with that, I mean, uh, it's not so obvious to me what I do nine to five each day. I don't go to the same place, but every day is very different. And I guess that takes more planning than from a calendar perspective. To, to sort of slot in everything. 
but but the other thing and i know this we have talked about this is my um reluctance to the calendar which results in me spending more time in it than than um than necessary so i'm i'm usually in the calendar looking for space so the opposite to to planning i'm looking for the unplanned and uh, especially when i don't have it uh, i look more for it so i spend more time in the calendar when i when i'm looking for space when i when i feel the need for space uh, this is weird i'm i'm a bit weird here perhaps i think it's i think it's super interesting and i have no idea what this is like for other people um but there's a psychological thing happening here so you're seeking space therefore you go in the calendar where lots of stuff is booked and actually spending so much time in the calendar takes up time which otherwise would have been space that yeah. was open i think this is ending up being a therapeutical session about my uh, <laughs> my relationship with with my calendar <laughs> yeah yeah well i i think i think it's very interesting how people work with calendar and like like a lot of things i think you and i are probably a bit more deliberate about how we use calendar than most people i i'm quite deliberate about it um and for for some people it might actually be something that sort of happens in the background and that might or might not be a, a good thing i mean not everybody has to be obsessed with a calendar but to to be quite deliberate about how you how you use your calendar is actually quite interesting potentially when we um i can't remember when we started but we have a shared calendar so one of our calendars is is shared between the two of us and and we've done this for many years now i guess this is what people tend to do more and more and maybe everybody does this again i don't know you have shared calendars with others so if if you are a leader or manager at work maybe your assistant can see your calendar and and sort of use it but then if you're a group you might have a team calendar with for the team activities maybe there's a family calendar for the family lots of uh, companies everybody has access to all calendars right so everybody can see everybody's calendar and book in people's calendars as well so so if i want to if we work in the same company and i want to book a time with you then i just go in your calendar and see where you and i have space together and we and i book it and you would just see it show up right but then you can decide whether that's a you know you have a private setting where people can't see when you're blocked mm. they can't see what you're doing or whether it's open and they can see what you're doing yeah Again, it's so, a deliberate choice here, isn't it? So what, what, you know, how do you use your calendar and, and what do you use it for? Yeah, and that deliberate choice, I think that's what we need to talk about today because um, I think quite a lot of people are not that deliberate about their calendar and could be more deliberate about calendar. And I think it um, has a massive potential to improve people's life if you are a bit more deliberate about using calendar. Mm. For example, I'll give two examples. Um, one is, when do you have space in your calendar? In particular, if you are in a corporate world, a leader in a corporate world, when is your no meeting space? You know, how, uh, what does that look like? Uh, if you don't have any, then you need to have some, but if you do have some, perhaps you should review it. So you might have a two hour slot twice a week, or you might have half a day a week, or you might have a whole day a week, or 
you know, some companies have no email mornings, um, those type of things, right? So, so be deliberate about when you book in things in your calendar and it's not just the meetings that are booked in your calendar by other people, for example, an assistant. So, because you might end up like some of our clients with meetings from you know half past eight or nine o'clock in the morning until five or six in the evening with half an hour lunch break if you're lucky and that's and that's it and you have no other space in your calendar and that is regardless of whether we are in COVID or not it's just uh, in the past we at least were walking from one room to another or from one place to another if you if your meetings are not all in the same building and now we're just sitting like this behind our screen the whole day in different meetings. And literally the whole day, some people spend the whole day in their in, in meetings on uh, on Zoom or on Teams. So there, there is a real opportunity for people is to put breaks in that meeting schedule. And it needs to be done. I'm really, really uh, concerned that people have no breaks whatsoever. So I don't know what that looks like. It could be half a day, it could be a day, it could be a few hours here, it could be a few hours there. The other thing, the other example I was going to give is... Um, and you have, I mean, we have talked about this, uh, is when do meetings end and when do the next meeting start? And do these, so in, in a lot of calendars, these are back to back, right? So the meeting finishes at the whole hour and then the next meeting starts at that same time, exactly at that same time. I think that's, that's just uh, wrong for many reasons. First of all, you're going to be bound to be late because you're overrun meetings and you're sort of going to be like the the doctor, you know, it starts to back up and back up before you know it. Every meeting is going to start late. Uh, it's like doctor, doctor appointments are like that, right? Um, but it's, it creates so much stress in the body and in the mind, constantly be running from one and, you know, it's not a physical running anymore now. It's just in the mind, this, this constant craziness of trying to keep up with your calendar um, so we need to have spaces between meetings. So a meeting finishes at 10 o'clock and the next meeting starts at 10 past 10 or five past 10 or quarter past 10 or whatever it might be. Um, so those are some things that we could do in a calendar that really gives us a more of a sense of control. And I think the calendar is a really important tool for us to take for, for, for psychological um, joy uh, and calm and equanimity and so on that we really need to use better well, stop talking now yeah you're talking a lot but it's all good i'm <laughs> listening i'm learning yeah um there's there's one thing that comes to my mind now actually many things but let me start with the first thing that came to my mind so this is a company that i'm working with uh, that you don't work with at the moment <clears throat> Um, and and some of the managers there are are um, trying out new ways of finding that space between the meetings that you're talking about. So basically, scheduling meetings to 45 minutes rather than an hour, or an hour and 45 minutes rather than two hours, and so on. But the other thing they're doing, which I find really interesting, uh, is that they also starting some of them starting meetings with a short breathing exercise. So somebody, when they have a group meeting, this is the examples I heard of, uh, 
uh, one of the team members is guiding the rest of the team through short, short breathing exercise. It's basically like a reset. And I, I know we have talked about this before here, that um, the quickest way to access or reset the nervous system goes through the breath. So to do a, a breathing exercise is a way to, I suppose, mentally prepare for what's coming. So you're kind of letting go of where you were, however uh, close that meeting or activity is to, to where you are now and, and allow yourself you know, to reset a bit and, and to become present with what's happening now. So that's, that's one thing that came to me. The other thing is when you say, plan, you know, plan for the no meetings, I think is what you call it. For, for, for when I look for space, so coming back to my unhelpful behavior, I suppose, when I'm in the calendar searching for unplanned time, and I do have it, so don't get me wrong, I do have it. But what I'm looking for is a full day with no activities. And, and activities are not just business client meetings. Activities could also be a social activity or, um, um, you know, exercise. So I'm looking for days that are completely empty so that I know when I wake up that morning, I can do exactly what I like to do. And you and I talked about this. This is perhaps not the most realistic and helpful expectation to find days like that. But let's say that is part of my life vision that I want my life to be like that. What do I, what do I then need to do? Or how do I set my expectation? How often can I expect that? So when we started to connect back after Christmas, I had had that for many days between Christmas and New Year or just after New Year. And it was delightful. The energy that I'm restoring because of the unplanned days was wonderful. And it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, becoming a, <clears throat> what do you say? In Swedish, we say like a couch potato. Do you say that in English? Yeah. That's not what I... That's not happening to me. I'm, I'm actually pretty, if you want to have a measure on it, it's, um, I am pretty productive in, in, the, in the sense that I, I do the things that are meaningful to me and that I want to be doing, but they are not planned. They are not in the calendar. Mm. So I think this goes to a, uh, I think another important point of the use of calendar, and that is looking far enough ahead in your calendar. So. If you want, so, okay, so if you, if you think about what you had over Christmas, realistically in most people's lives, that only happens twice a year, in December and in July or August, right? When you actually have several days or weeks even where it's unplanned because it's, it's nobody else is working because, or very few people are working and it's, or it's, you know, it's holiday or, you know, so. Apart from those two periods, I think if you want a whole day or several whole days of unplanned time, you have to plan it. <laughs> so you have to plan unplanned time. We've talked about this, right? Uh, you call it, you called it, uh, and we must have used this term before in this podcast, planning for spontaneity, yeah. which is there's a, there's a, um, a paradox in yeah. that, right? So planning for spontaneity is really, quite key so and you can't plan for spontaneity next week 
it's no, I mean, not for a whole day. There's just no way you're going to find the whole day next week or in two weeks or perhaps even in three weeks. So my, my routine around this is that I book three days, ideally uh, back, uh, uh, consecutive four days, three full days every quarter that are completely unplanned. And I book those in the previous quarter. So I would be looking now. I've booked them already for March. And I would be looking, and I probably have already booked them also for the second quarter. So I have these, these days are scheduled for me. And I do this a couple of months in advance. Because if I don't do that a couple of months in advance, obviously, they will fill up with stuff. And it's the same if you want a half day, you're probably not going to find it next week. But you might find it in two weeks or in three weeks. So the longer the period you want to plan for spontaneity, the longer in advance you need to plan for it. There's also something about the expectation around um, how much unplanned time is necessary to feel, to, ex- to, to have the experience of being spontaneous. So, so, so you can, this is where I think you, the mind can be reframed. You can reframe your... Um, the way you see life, let's say. So maybe if you, I mean, this is typical for the big annual holiday coming up, how you frame that holiday, what's going to happen in that holiday. That's, that's how you frame it. If if your mind frame is, uh, that's when I'm going to have all this unplanned time. And then all of a sudden you start to socially engage with all the activities and um, trips and and meeting up with people. And all of a sudden, it's very different. You, you have two conflicting values. So one is all this fun stuff and the other one is being able to be spontaneous. And unless you are deliberate about that, there is a conflict there that, that is just bursting to come out somehow, I think. Yeah, and I think we, we have to be realistic. In today's world, you can't just leave it open and hope it will stay free so that you can be spontaneous. I think you need to book it. Which is this, this 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 paradox? You know, you plan for spontaneity. If I don't book those three days, completely like you know, it says in my calendar, no meetings. Which, in a way, is of course a calendar entry, right? It doesn't show up as white space in my calendar. It shows up as no meeting. If I don't do that, there will be meetings. There is a, there is something interesting here, which comes down to I think personality types or features or you know the the idea of how we relate to planning not planning how we relate to um the unexpected so the unknown and i think partly i i don't like planning because i have a strong preference for p looking at mice briggs we might come back to that at some point but the other thing is i also quite welcome the unknown and when i see stuff in the calendar it, it feels like known. It's like, okay, that's going to happen. But of course, there's a bit of unknown in every planned activity, and there could be spontaneity in, within the window of planning. Of course, yeah. So say a little bit more about your planning. What's your, you know, what, what are your insights when it comes to calendar and planning? Yeah, so this, this is the one, you, you, and it's your term, you've used it several years ago, it's planning for spontaneity is... I have a, uh, so I have lots and lots of calendars in my iCloud, in my iCal. 
Um, so my Apple calendar, and it's because it's different colors. I've got lots of different colors. And one color is purely the no meeting calendar. It's nothing else than a, just a, a, a green block that shows as no meeting. And this could be three days in a row. This could be a block of a couple of hours. And every week, almost every week, perhaps not when I am really intense uh, Stockholm-based weeks, because then I need to cram in as many client meetings as possible, as you know. But certainly in London, every week there will be some blocks of no meeting time. And it will add up to anything between a day, well, half a day and, and up to two days. And this, this, this sounds like, wow, this, this is a lot of no meeting time. Yeah, but I sometimes need that time. And if I have it, I fill it up with lots of great stuff, but not planned, right? Not, there might be things that are planned, but m most of it is not planned. So I might also have a call with a friend. or So when I say no meetings, it means no work meetings, no client meetings. You know, there's, so, uh, there's this idea, sorry for interrupting, but I'm just thinking, when you say lots of useful stuff is happening in that unplanned time, well, this depends on how how detailed are you in your planning. So let's say, do you plan for preparation? Is that a separate preparation of, of an event or, or a coaching meeting, let's say? Is that part of your planning or is, does that come into your unplanned? Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things. One is that because of my lack of memory, I need to use tools to remember stuff, right? And I have two main tools for that. One is my notebook and the other one is my calendar. So my calendar has things in it that I need to, and it's basically, so, you know, if I have a, an event coming up, say I've got a meeting with somebody, I need to uh, generate some kind of survey tool for that so that we can have a conversation about that. It will say, say four or five days before that meeting to generate that survey and send it to that guy, right? So that's a to-do. It takes five or 10 minutes, but it's in my calendar, otherwise I just forget. So I plan really carefully. Um, and it will end up somewhere also next to the no meeting space. So, you know, there's to-dos as well, but I often don't put it in my calendar. It's just in my in my notebook. It will, and I just, if it's not urgent or it's not very specifically pl planned, as in very specifically timed. So I need to do this at this day because of whatever happens a few days later. Um, then it's um, it's not in my calendar. It's just in my notebook. So once once a week or so, or so I go through my notebook and I pick up all the to-dos and I tick a few off and I send a few emails and so on. So, um, so the no meeting time is partly to do my own work, which relates to some to-dos. Partly it is you know, things that are not related to client work. Partly it's deep work, right? So stuff that I do in solitude, thinking, strategizing, reflecting. And partly it's just, you know, go for a run, go for a walk, call a friend, cook, uh, you know, it's just meditate, things like that. So, uh, and What's uh, interesting here is when we have habits, they don't necessarily need to be scheduled. So if, if we have a good routine for, or a good habit for, for example, I don't schedule sleep, right? So most people know that, you know, in the nighttime you sleep. So that's a very obvious one. 
But with exercise, it's quite different depending on where exercise, how much of a habit physical exercise is or how much of a habit meditation is. You took that as an example. So, so depending on where you are with introducing new routines to become habits, the scheduling will be impacted. So I think it's really important, especially now in January, to, to schedule slots for, for what you want to invite into your life. So many people start 1st of January with some kind of intention, whatever it might be. Um, so let's say take sleep as an example. Maybe you want to improve sleep. Um, maybe you have a different routine in the evening. Maybe you need to give some time for that routine uh, as an example. Whereas other things just happen and they never need to be scheduled because you just make that happen anyway. So for some people, we talked about this before as well. Uh, we talked about many things, but I think you you shared an example whereby you started a new routine calling your mother um, at, at a regular level. A regular basis. And I think you schedule that in the calendar. Is that right? Yeah. Whereas I think for many people, there's no need to schedule certain calls because they just happen. So where are we with our habits and, and what do we need to schedule and why? Yeah, I think that's right. So as long as this asset is not a habit, it needs to be somewhere so that you can remind it. And calendar is an obvious tool to use for reminders. So Meditation is not on my calendar because I'll do that in the morning and in the evening, most days. It's not in my calendar because it will happen. You know, it's just because it's it's habit. But exercise, I mean, I've got a I've got it all planned for the I, I sit down on Sunday evening or Monday morning and I plan my exercise for the week. Um, and it I don't keep to it completely. I might change it around, but at least there's, you know, I've got a different color for all my exercise. There's cycling and running and, and yoga and, and everything is planned in advance because if I don't do that, if I don't put it in my calendar, it just won't happen. Mm. So it, so what my calendar will show in green is no meeting and in yellow, it will show run or cycle or whatever, right? So it's, it's, it sits next to each other. So it's no meeting, which means there will be, a, you know, there won't, definitely be any meetings booked in there and at the same time it will also show uh whatever i'm planning to do myself and sometimes it's completely unplanned and that's the nice stuff then you're planning for spontaneity and then you just go we'll see what happens in your coaching what is the most helpful guidance uh your clients get from you when it comes to calendar do you think in, in terms of what you see when you hold them accountable or follow up yeah, it's these these two that I mentioned earlier. So one is the to have a break between meetings. So my so rule of thumb is for calls or zooms or team meetings where you don't move space, you need a high one to fifteen minute break between each call. So I have often 10, 12 coaching or often relative, you know, it can happen that I have 12 different client meetings in one day. And they are maybe about 45 minutes each. So I want then the 15 minutes break because otherwise I, I go crazy. I run, you know, I run behind. The appointments start to, to stack up. So 15 minutes between calls and half an hour in Stockholm, for example, it takes me half an hour, sometimes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but to get from one place to the next. Or in London, I might take one hour because the distances are a bit bigger. Right, so it depends a little bit what, but there needs to be space between the different meetings. So that's one. And 
there is so many people that don't, don't do this. Most people don't do this because most corporate systems are not, uh, or corporate systems and cultures are not set up for it. Because if you, as the only person in a company, decide to now have 15 minute break between your meetings, it won't work because people just keep booking stuff in. So you need to do it together. You need to create a culture around this, which is easier said than done. And what's the second part? And the second one is just booking space, whether it is in advance. In the next few months, I'm going to find a day that I don't have any meetings, or in the next few weeks, I'm going to find two hours. I don't have any meetings, or I'm going to have a, a regular, every Thursday morning, I don't have meetings. And I can't book that for next week because Thursday is already full. But the next, the first Thursday morning that I can find, I'm going to book it in. I'll make it a regular weekly a meeting, no, no meeting slot, if you like. And I don't stop that. So it continues forever. And then when you know there is a Thursday morning meeting, I'll put it somewhere else so I can change it. Those are the two most important, I think. I think we're going to wrap up here. And let me tell you about today, because uh, I woke up this morning and the only thing I had planned today is teaching at lunchtime. I teach a yoga class. That's the only thing that mm. is in my calendar. So I woke up and have a, had a wonderful flow moment, a couple of hours doing some client work. And then, then this, had this been in my calendar, it would have felt very different to me. But to wake up and be able to do anything I like almost, and then go for, for some deep work, ah, it's just my best. And uh, my calendar, I've got a three-hour coaching meeting. Then I'm going to run. Then I've got a coaching call. Then I've got another coaching call. And then I've got a two-hour coaching call. And then I'm cycling with my friend Mark on, uh, on um, uh, Swift, the indoor biking system. Then I've got a Sainsbury delivery. And then I'm going to watch Liverpool play with my son. All in my calendar. <laughs> that is in the calendar, the Liverpool thing? Oh, yeah, it's automatic. Oh, okay. <laughs> automatic. Yeah, yeah. So it comes, yeah, so that's another thing, right? Calendar can be automized. It's so easy to do that. So I can see all the Liverpool matches booked for the next five months. So I have everything in the calendar, but the great thing about what I just told you is that between every single meeting and the next one, there's at least 15 minutes. So there's, yes, lots of stuff in the calendar, but there's white space in between. And for me, that makes it huge. That feels much, much better. So do you want to summarize what do people do with this? No, I think I said calendar more times than I ever want to say in one day <laughs> in the last session. So okay. I'll, I'll just say, play with this, find your way. There's not just one right way, but here are some, you know, Bart and I are pretty different here, uh, but we also share some, some thoughts. So hopefully you find some useful tips. Um, play with it and let us know how it goes. 